0: All right. Welcome to Arocco Public Radio, your weekly dose of X Men comic chat. I'm Rod. This is the cipher to my warlock, my one and only co mega mutant, Keegan. This week, we're talking Axe Judgment Day number five, New Mutants number 30, Exterminators number one, Legion of X number five, and going around the Marvel Universe with Avengers 60 and Fantastic Four number 47. But first, got another Finish the Limerick challenge for you if you're ready. All right. Okay. Let's see if I can pull this one off. You want to know so far? So far. Judgment Day is proving to be one of my favorite Marvel days. Even though these characters' lives have been set ablaze. Each issue is divine. It's aging like wine. I would call this event perfect if it wasn't for these... Delays.
1: You are <laughs> the Limerick King. <laughs> I mean, I agree, though. The delays are killing me. Like... <laughs> Legion of X. We'll get to it. But it ends... At the end
0: of the very first Judgment Day issue. Yeah. We, not even the end, was in the bill. Whatever. At the, the hour of Uranos, we have now got
1: five issues of Judgment Day. Yeah.
0: What the hell is this event doing?
1: I, I don't even understand how it's gotten this out of hand, but here we are. <laughs> All right. Before we jump into Judgment Day number five,
0: let's talk about how you're Mr. Famous now. Oh, oh, me, who,
1: Mr. Famous, who got comment back from Soraya herself? I I was amazed, I was just excited to see that Soraya commented at all. Like, that was incredible. I I loved her, you know, in her WWE runners page. Yep. And, and then uh, the, the AEW debut is this week, yeah. Her AEW debut is this week, and another friend of mine, we always FaceTime. Uh, when we're watching and, you know, every once in a while, there's just a match that it's fine, but we kind of end up talking about something else. Sure. And uh, we, we were talking about the merits and demerits of Avatar by James Cameron. <laughs> and, and then that happened at the end and we both just fully shut up. Jaws dropped and we're like, is this happening? So I had well, to make a TikTok about it and there she responded. She wasn't just not around for a while. She, We were told she was medically retired and could
0: never wrestle again was WWE's line. So yeah,
1: it really was I, like
0: a jaw dropper of a moment. But an even bigger jaw dropper is Little Keegan. He sends out one video saying like, oh my God, this really cool thing happened. And the first comment was
1: her with a smiley with a face. smiley face. That was it awesome. Just, it was nice. Made a nice little Hi. add-on to my week. Highlight of the week, for sure. That's awesome. (laughs) All right, you want to jump into Judgment
0: Day number five? Let's do it. Is this a test? After Judgment was handed down in issue number four, we see the civilian reactions. Alt-right piece of crap, Tom shows some self-reflection finally, and Jada brings Captain America a cup of coffee. They commiserate, and Steve does his part to inspire her until Nightcrawler shows up with a plan. They bamf to the North Pole, where Nightcrawler informs Steve. Everyone on the planet's watching telepathically. Steve delivers one of the best Steve Rogers monologues ever. I've stood before tyrants before. They've all been so sure it's all over. They were all as sure as you are. I was there in 1940, and people thought it was over. Heroism isn't about strength. It's about not giving in. And truth is, it's not over as long as any of us are standing. The world can hear me. Know this. We're all Avengers now. A symbol and avenge.
1: Mm, so good.
0: And the Celestial kills them both. They immediately revive Nightcrawler and Gene informs him it had the intended effect, directing the world's anger and bringing a certain amount of calm. Nightcrawler tells him to have another Reg Eddie for him and he leads Wolverine to discuss a suicide mission. The Quiet Council convenes and seemingly agrees to hit the node with everything they've got. And Cersei and Starfox inform the X-Men that the psychic firewalls for Eternals are down, and they can be psychically controlled now, circumventing the whole do-not-harm-Celestials law. They wage all-out war. Casualties abound. Thor dies. <laughs> Captain Marvel dies. Destruction is rampant, and the Celestial revels in making creative kills, which really amount to sadistic more than anything. At the Avengers Mansion, it's revealed that the loss was part of Destiny's plan, and a select group of survivors was able to get away, unnoticed by the Celestial. Starfox, Fox, Cersei, Nightcrawler, Fastos, and Iron Man discuss who to use the few remaining eggs to revive. They land on a strike team of Wolverine, Jack of Knives, Jean Grey, and select others to infiltrate the Celestial. Detected immediately, Jack of Knives sacrifices himself, while Jean calls back to Nightcrawler that they're going to need to buy as much time as possible. Nightcrawler happens to be hatching the perfect leader for that as Exodus protests. Captain America becomes the first non-mutant brought back by the Resurrection Protocols. Kieran Gillen is amazing.
1: Oh, and thus the Marvel Universe changes forever. Again. (laughs) Again. Oh, it was so so good.
0: (laughs) I've been saying I think this is easily the best event since 2015 Secret Wars. Mm -hmm. If they stick the landing, that conversation is going to have to change to this or Secret Wars, which is better. Because
1: every note, this is hitting every beat, every note so well. No, I, I agree completely. It is hitting everything for me. It really is becoming a versus very quickly, and at this point, it is just can it stick the landing?
0: Yep. We only have one more issue proper, but we've got mm-hmm. quite a few tie-ins left, so we'll we'll see. Do we do we want to start at the end because it was such a big moment, and we have to talk about both the ramifications,
1: I mean, or do we want to start at the beginning? That's a good question. I mean, we can start at the beginning. I I mean, either way, either way. That's we. we could, <laughs> Let's just talk about what, what inspires us in a moment. Yes. Uh, I liked
0: the conversation with Jada and Captain America.
1: Absolutely. It was, it was like a really good, quiet moment.
0: Well, and it was it was neat to see that they both inspired each other in a way, even though they had the exact opposite viewpoint before and after. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Nightcrawler, can you get me to the North Pole? After the day I've had, the strain could
1: kill me. Do you think I'm some kind of superhero? And then, bam, thing. And bam's there. It. Thing is, I do, Kurt, I do think you're some kind of superhero. <laughs> like, oh, it was such a good moment. He had such a devastating week, but this was also like Nightcrawler's week. He kicked
0: ass everywhere.
1: Absolutely. Also, one line that Cap says in that exchange, uh, or not Cap says, actually. I want to say Jada says it in that exchange is she says, it's a good habit in a bad world uh, about Cap trying to always be... Like, for someone who disagrees so vocally
0: with Captain America, she gets him. Yeah. Speaking of people who get him, Karen Gillan writing a Captain America ongoing.
1: Yeah. We are gonna beat that drum until it happens. I need it so badly. And, and, you know, I think part of it, too, is just, like, there's a lot of people I've seen on TikTok that are like, oh, Karen Gillan's using Captain America too much in this. You know, why are they using Captain America so much in this event? And, like, if that's, if that's your thought, that's totally fine. But the way I see it is, I think because of how many uh, tie-ins have been X-Men, people are thinking it's an X-Men event. But it's a cross-Marvel event. There's no reason to not be using Captain America. Well, there's A, X, and E in that acronym. And we've already get,
0: got the least from the A. Because it's been Eternals heavy, it's been X-Men heavy. If he wants to just use Captain America to represent the Avengers side, I'm okay with that because that's who he writes the best from
1: the Avengers side. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he is probably the best Avenger for the scenario. Not to jump too far
0: ahead, but the big, big fight scenes when yes. they go all out. Did you notice our boy Dupe was back? I did. I was so happy to see him and it looking so angry. Uh, Is that Dr. Doom?
1: That is Dr. Doom. Okay. Dr. Doom is here to fight. Very close to Reed Richards. (laughs) Why
0: why didn't we get the story of that in the Fantastic Four tie-in issue? I know how they got Doom to join in on their all-out assault.
1: Yeah! Why is that not the tie-in issue for Fantastic
0: Four? Why are we not getting told why Doom is suddenly working with all of his mortal enemies with,
1: like, zero effort put into recruiting him? Because that is definitely Doom. Yeah. I mean, I would even like to see just a scene of him being like, yeah, he wanted me to say that Reed was smarter. He has to die. (laughs) That would have been hilarious. I would have been down for that. (laughs) Each
0: one of the Stepford Cuckoos drives one of the soldiers' Soldier Hex. Mother Emma takes Mother Reginax. So that's the first time we've heard Reginax is like a maternal figure for the Hex. But also the image of... Each of the Cuckoos driving one of the Hex. Yeah. Total Power Rangers vibes. Like, that is Zords right there. It's it's Zords completely. Taking the Kaiju uh, uh, Eternals and (laughs) driving them. Amazing. The deaths. I was just going to say, the deaths. Do you want to talk ramifications of those deaths and what that means for how this event has to end
1: now? I think so. But also just the fact that they were so brutal. Oh, this issue was gruesome. I was taken aback by how brutal some of these deaths were. That was an, that was an amp up for sure. And the fact that it just
0: describes the cruelty of it's like, like it wants to make them ironic kills. It wants to make them these meaningful kills. That's not a God pass. Like a, like a rapture or a God passing judgment would just be an instant. Like, like what we saw at the end of the last issue zapping them. Like there's a sinisterness to this celestial
1: suddenly that, I guess it's been brewing, but Jesus, it got dark. Yeah. The, the creative angle trying to make it like artistic. It's much more like creepy serial killer vibes. Are you reading carnage? The current run of carnage. Mm -hmm. There's
0: weird parallels there with like, cause that's, it's all about the the artist and the serial killer and carnage, like working together and talking about like the beauty of the killer or whatever. And yeah, Uh, I do think this now means between Thor dying, Captain Marvel dying, just, the scale of death here, there's going to be a mass reset button.
1: Yeah, there need, there has to be for everything to move forward. So I'm still hoping this isn't just a, literally a matter of this was all in your heads and it's it was another yeah. test and we find out they pass and nothing happens. The sins of Sinister have to do with a Moira battery resetting everything.
0: Maybe. But the only thing with that is I feel like they hit the captain America revival in my mind so hard because we are going to see the ramifications of everyone now knowing that they're not reviving humans by choice, that they always had right. that ability and yeah. that they've chosen not to. That was the climax of the story. narratively. Oh, yeah. Like I that is so the too. moment that's going to have the biggest impact going forward, which to, to me means we can't have the Moira clone reset because then no one would know about it. So I don't true.
1: know. That's very true.
0: That's, I mean it's a great point. I'm not I'm not saying I don't think that's possible, but Yeah.
1: Well, I mean it's like it's one of those things that's an option, but an unlikely option. I didn't think about that ramification specifically. I do think this was a fast forward button. Among the first thoughts through my head was, oh, they're moving to the end game. Like,
0: yeah. Once everyone knows, like that's everyone's gonna be on side. All the human jealousy issues that it seems like maybe we're starting to get resolved by this event, are instead gonna be pushed forward. I do think this squarely puts the Avengers on the X-Men side in like the public's mind. Like mm-hmm. everyone who hates the X-Men are now gonna hate Cap. They're gonna hate the Avengers
1: because they're gonna know that these metahumans can be saved too. Yep. Yeah. Also, I feel like it puts even more weight into the conversation between Steve and Scott. The, you know, after all this time, how could you not tell us? After all this yeah. time, how, how could I? Which is still
0: want one of the mo- moments of the event for sure. Same. Speaking of Scott, not to jump to the end, but is that going to be a schism with him and Nightcrawler? That Nightcrawler
1: chose Steve Rogers over him. I, I'm not sure that it will be. Because I do think Scott is an intelligent enough man to know that Cap is the one that can lead the world where he can lead the mutants. Along those
0: same lines, I've seen varying theories. Was that a quiet council decision or was that a Nightcrawler rogue decision?
1: Because Professor,
0: Professor X is in the art there, so he's present, but... Nightcrawler also sounded like he was telling Exodus, no, I'm reviving him. Do, do we think Xavier immediately was upset?
1: I think this is a Nightcrawler decision.
0: I think that's the way they're going. I think they're setting up Nightcrawler in some really cool ways right now. I'm wondering if Professor X even being on that panel,
1: like was a mistake in the art. That could be, um, that very well could be because honestly, the thing is, is the way that, kurt talks about it himself right because exodus says uh cyclops must return not this heresy this is against all the rules of krakoa and nightcrawler's response is no it's against our custom and customs are just habits that are way too big for their boots as long as we live we try something new that's what we do absolutely i love that moment and it doesn't make sense that he would be taking that
0: leadership role with xavier standing right there especially with the current characterization of xavier which we're going to talk about with the next book more but like Xavier's a bit of a control freak right now like i feel like he would have stepped in in some way
1: yeah i i the more i think about that the more it does feel like a very odd choice for xavier to be there and on top of that, in all of the scenes leading up to it, he is not in there. Now. Also, more of a half-joking like nitpick, but
0: why wouldn't Gold Balls just be the first one they revive, and then they could have all the eggs they need, and they
1: wouldn't have to make these choices? <laughs> it's true, unless there's some progenitor thing that we don't know about, but they would sure. should mention that. You would think, well, or or I guess maybe they they don't have other members of the five, but
0: I mean, it seems like they revived at least five people. So you'd think your first five revive would just be the five and then you'd be set. But I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe, maybe something else is going on. I want
1: the next issue of immortal X-Men because I have a feeling it's going to get into some of that. I think so too. I mean, it's, it's gotta be. What did the flag guys say? Avenge me. I like that. <laughs> also just, Hey, celestial be seeing you like I jack of knives going out as a boss is is it's a cool i liked it a lot also uh to skip a little bit backwards i personally maybe this is me reading too much into it i feel like they packed a lot of sexual tension into the scene between wolverine and nightcrawler just that short little page (laughs) like the way the way kurt puts his hand on wolverine's shoulder and is talking to him i just i don't know (laughs) now that you say that i'm trying to remember
0: i feel like back in that like era where Karen Gillan was writing back 2010 ish mm-hmm. there was some like definite undertones between those two. And I'm trying to remember if it was his X books or other X books of the same era, but right. it's definitely always been like an undercurrent of. Yeah. I remember
1: two. that undercurrent uh, pretty strongly. And I just, I don't know. I feel it a lot in that one page where they're talking before the mission.
0: Uh, I liked the, play on the machine that is the earth i've told it to end the planet itself has said no i will thrash it into obedience <laughs> for all the talk i had at the beginning of like oh the pink narration is going to be the new planet That's going to be arako it's
1: going to be like they're going to be buddies the two machines of <laughs> apparently not <laughs> apparently not so much apparently i was very wrong but it was a very believable theory i was on board with it the second you mentioned it i was like yeah that sounds right I gotta say, I like the
0: twists and turns the story has actually taken more, even more than I would like to add, I feel like. Do you want to revisit our buddy Tom? Because that, yeah. panel, that panel was heavy. Yeah. It was, Tom hears the sky start to burn, turns his beaten face to his family, and full of self-pity asks, what did I do to deserve this? His son takes a deep breath and decides it's time to tell him who he is. Tom had no idea. So that's the panel that I described last week, having read in the preview of this issue and it stuck out so much in my mind. I had blurred it right into the last issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that last sentence, Tom had no idea is so like we talked a couple times when we've seen this guy in the past, this piece of crap that like he was out doing racist shit got beat up by other racists on the way home and still didn't have the awareness to recognize like the flaws in his viewpoints. We've talked about his lack of self-awareness before and just having the weight of that come back on him because his son finally just unleashed it on him now. The world's ending. Yep. Might as well. Right.
1: (laughs) Powerful stuff. Yeah. Maybe
0: just because I'm a dad of a young kid. Like that's my biggest fear now is like my kid growing
1: up to think I'm a Tom. <laughs> right. I mean, that that's the fear. Also, is Tom wearing a Fing Fang Foom shirt? <laughs> now I need to look. That's really funny if that's the case. I think he is. That is 100%. <laughs> that's hilarious. I just... I, that's a nice touch. <laughs> uh, I like Kamali
0: Waits. I love oh. that they... like They're really letting it seems like she's passing judgment on the celestial. It's really an interesting beat. They keep returning to.
1: Yeah. I'm interested to see if like that ends up playing into the end game of it all. Kamali plays into it. I could see she's coming back in some way. Mm-hmm. I want well, Avengers
0: X-Men next week is written by Karen Gillen. And then we have a X Men I think the week after that. So we're going to be seeing behind the scenes and like, But I'm very curious to see what's next. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: He's actually writing. It might be essentially an important issue every week for the foreseeable future. Because before issue six, we have Avengers, X-Men number one, Avengers, or no, Axe, X-Men number one, Axe, Avengers number one, and Axe, Eternals number one, each written by Karen Gillen. So I think those are essentially going to be bonus issues, just focusing on each of the three teams. Okay.
1: So Makes sense.
0: We, even though we only have one issue left, we have a lot of Axe content still coming our way.
1: Oh, yeah. We, I mean, October alone is huge. And then yep. November, we have the Omega oh. issue. It's weird that the pacing that they crammed. We had
0: four and five last week and this week. And then we have over a month before issue six. But it's because we have all these tie-ins. That... Yeah. And delays. Tie-ins and delays. Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything else or do
1: you want to jump into Legion since we're let's, talking delays? Yeah, you know what? Since we're on delays, <laughs> let's jump right into Legion. Was this all an elaborate trap to lure us in and then insult us? All
0: right, Legion of X number five opens with a creepy data page journal entry of Professor X describing Legion as a metaphorical gun he crafted carefully and deliberately, but constantly misfires, so he has to leave it in a locker, unloaded and abandoned. We see Legion... Possessed by Switch, the skinjacker runs wild in the altar just to be knocked free by blindfold. Aura Sarada arrives, angrily demanding the fugitive god be brought to her. Nightcrawler confronts her, reveals the truth he found out last issue. She is the one who will let loose that god, Tumult, and he tricks her into admitting it by speaking her name first. Aura Sarada attempts to kill everyone to hide the truth and avoid arrest. Tumult and Switch have a reckoning where the god rejects his worship and reveals their location to Warlock and the rest of Legion of X. David lets loose all of his alternate personalities to subdu- subdue Aura Serrata, and Storm arrives to blackmail Aura to keep her machinations a secret from the Great Ring. We get a data page letter from Weapon Zen, revealing she left Nightcrawler's side in the middle of the night, worried about the optics of any potential relationship between them. We see Tumult face the Circle Perilous and be destroyed, only for the reveal that it was in fact Switch, and Tumult now occupied Switch's original body, getting a chance at a normal life. The rest of Zin's letter reveals she knew Nightcrawler would never approve of this solution, so she did it behind his back. She explains the world needs idealists and pragmatists, but that idealists should not be burdened by the work of the pragmatists. Orasarada then announces the end of the god law and that the Iraqi are now free to worship whoever they choose. She also frees Zin from servitude. Mother Righteous reveals Orasarada to Molt, and many of the events through this whole arc were her doing to push David to take that deal she offered in issue two. And the final shot of the issue is Uranus coming to begin his
1: assault over six weeks ago. <laughs> <sighs> this issue would have hit so much better if it came out on time. I loved this issue. I This book is finally really clicking for
0: me and is like forming this triumvirate of X-amazingness now when you put it with Red and Immortal. But my god, the delays just killed this arc. I had to go back and remind myself of a bunch because it's been so long, but Mm -hmm. that's not on size barrier. This is so well written. This arc is fantastic and the pacing has just been destroyed by these delays. Yeah. Line to the issue, happy moment, hilarious line. Dr. Nemesis, who had one line the whole issue and it was a banger... (laughs) Is that a giant floating egg being ridden by a baby's body? It's so good. I I am pretty sure the entire time we've known Aura Serata, which has been a long time, no one has actually referenced the
1: fact that it's a giant eye with a baby body on top. And that's one thing that I'm just like, why is this not a topic of conversation ever? It was such a great line. So good. Going back a page or
0: two though. That data page
1: is Professor X the biggest sack of shit ever. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, like, here's the thing as far as metaphors go, it's a really good metaphor. However, <laughs> you don't say that about your kid, <laughs> especially in like a journal. So, like, this is just like
0: his private thoughts of like, my son is such a. And, like, he only... Like, the title of the journal entry is is about DH. So, that's the only way... And it makes me think back to Powers or House of X. Him and Moira, like, they plan their kids. They plan on sexual partners who will produce the most powerful. So, like, we've known that in in foresight, like, that was their plan was to create these weapons. These kids who were also weapons, essentially. But hearing him talk about it after having the relationship with him, after... Like, the child exists and going through, however old David's supposed to be, 30 years of raising this human being to just flippantly discard him. Was, we need well, it, the Professor X reckoning. We really this do. This guy needs to be brought down a peg.
1: I really wish this had come out when it was supposed to because it also, it makes Professor X's judgment that much stronger. Absolutely. You know? Uh, oh um, my god. Imagine was... if this came out the
0: week before we saw that judgment. Yeah. I know you don't love to talk solicitations. Yeah. Have you have you seen the later Legion covers with Nightcrawler with the new style appearance for Nightcrawler? Mm-mm. Okay. Let me send you one on Discord real quick. Yeah, please. Okay, so I, I just sent you the new
1: Legion look from future issues. Give me your first take. Okay, so this is super creepy. Yeah. I love it. It really leaning into the demon side of Nightcrawler. Yeah. So I, when I first saw them, because it first showed up on
0: the solicitation for December's in the background was thinking it was something on the religious side of like, cause this whole book is him building the church for the X-Men and is facing the religious aspects. Now I want. I'm wondering if it has to do with Zinn's power that we know nothing about. Oh, because she talked about how she drew. what She thinks like it's the the real you. Is her power part of her power? Drawing out the real you, like is is now that she's seen what she thinks is the real Nightcrawler, does she lead to this transformation in some way?
1: That that could be.
0: Just throwing it out there. It could be as wrong as many of my other wrong theories, but...
1: Well, what would be interesting, too, is if it's a combination of uh, her bringing that out, but also the fact that Nightcrawler has been brought back so many times so quickly during Judgment Day that with the way the gifts change, maybe something like it's really accelerated.
0: Well, we haven't seen that in a while. We haven't seen the whole, uh, the more times you're brought back, there's ramifications played up because we've been dealing with judgment day so here at this i'd like to
1: see go that route yeah we could be in that could be part of what resets the the universe is someone's gift gets so wildly messed up (laughs) that's possible all right i like i like the way you think (laughs) i'm just you know i'm thinking out out loud with that one i hadn't considered it but it could be the combination of the two because it's i mean it's monstrous i dig the monstrous look your your way makes more sense. I'm hoping we're not heading for like
0: a Nightcrawler Dark Arc. Like cuz it's definitely a demonic and like grim
1: looking character, but I, I I like I like Nightcrawler being a good guy. I I love Nightcrawler being a good guy. I also love Nightcrawler being a badass. So. <laughs>
0: That's fair. That's true. I really genuinely liked the the kind of twist ending. I thought the switching the god and the serial killer like so the public yeah. still got to kill the god, but Serial killer is the one that really got.
1: Yeah, I thought that was good.
0: Uh, Do you think the way that scene played out with all of David's alternate personalities and then the mirrors and everything? Do you think those like was the
1: implication those they're gone forever? We have just David now as the only Legion personality. Maybe as you know, since they're unleashed, they said right. Um, I have a feeling that we're gonna learn about that when we see the uranos issue of this okay i have a feeling that it's gonna play into that in some way shape or form that's fair i hope you're right because i i I think it might just be david at this point personally uh but it'll be interesting to see how it goes i'm liking the 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 way they're taking the david character i feel like this is one of those issues that's hard to talk about because we kind of already know where everything goes and we have a a a blank spot in the middle that we know nothing about still.
0: I'm so frustrated that this book didn't come out when it was supposed to, because I feel like this one is a really cool piece of everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And yet... It's the 40th anniversary of the New Mutants. Well, in the real world. It's ambiguous year anniversary in universe, I think. We'll get into it. Anyway, it's Vita Ayala's final issue, which the letter in the back treats like it was something everyone knew, but caught everyone by surprise. Anyway, the gang is celebrating the anniversary on a space yacht hovering over a Rocco. Sunspot's trying to get everyone to treat it as a formal affair, but they all just want a swim party. Danny tells a story from the very early days of the New Mutants team where Roberto carelessly breaks an ancestral belt of hers in the danger room. He sneaks in and steals it that night, and she angrily assumes he stole it. Goes to Kitty, who works to help her down Uh, they try to track him down to get it back only to find out he went and got it repaired from that moment on they were best of friends more party guests show up and karma tells a story about when her and shatterstar went to a music festival She falls for a woman and tries to protect her, though the woman holds her own. And finally, Warlock is looking for Wolfsbane to exchange gifts. She tells the story of one day when Doug left Warlock at home because he had to have a Doug Day, which he misinterprets as his birthday. He and Wolfsbane go to the mall to pick out gifts for him just for the eventual reveal that Doug was actually preparing for the first new mutants anniversary party with Sunspot and just didn't want to bore him. Embarrassed, Warlock and Wolfsbane give each other the gifts instead, and a new tradition was born. The party ends with Sunspot finally ditching the suit and having the swim party everyone wanted. And then uh, Alyssa Wong guest wrote this nice little coda at the end of Deadpool with the current new mutant kids training on the beach until the old guard come back from the party and kick him off a of Krakoa. Uh, this was a really fun way to do an anniversary issue. I loved it as an anniversary issue. Uh, I, I thought the uh, alternating art styles was a really great way to pay tribute to different eras of the team. Maybe Nitpick Corner, maybe just my neurodivergency not loving something. So there's an invitation at the front that's mm-hmm. like written as it's from Sunspot, but it specifies 40th anniversary. It doesn't make sense with a Marvel Time works. <laughs> like right. these characters are all still in their 20s and they're celebrating the 40th anniversary and Like, they go out of their way in the story to always have, like, the banners falling. And so, like, characters even kind of make light of it. We're like, oh, how long have you been friends? And they blow through the question and they don't answer it. And so the invitation specify really bothered me for some reason.
1: No, I definitely get that because, like, the rest of it is so tongue-in-cheek about refusing to acknowledge it. To have it be acknowledged in a seemingly in-canon invitation is weird that's okay' I'll, I will move past that because I did really have fun with it. Uh, my favorite was by far the Wolf Spain Warlock story like
0: it might just be because I love the current portrayal of Warlock but I thought mm-hmm. that was a really fun story. Uh, all three were really sweet though I did really they like, were. uh Kitty Pride and Danny kind of bonding over shared like longing for their religious background
1: was really sweet and- I th- yeah I thought that first story was so good I I, I really enjoyed that. Alyssa writes a really fun Deadpool. Yeah. It's the most
0: fun I've had with Deadpool in a while. (laughs) I might actually be genuinely excited for this new ongoing
1: she's writing. Like, I'm I'm in. Like, I'll check out what she can do. I'll check it out. I'll at least give the first couple a a read. I'm shocked
0: Vida Ayala is leaving. Like, they didn't give us any sort of warning. And I kind of think maybe this was a case of Marvel really dropping the ball. So... One, it just seems insulting that there's been, like, zero press around it. Like, usually you get, like, exit interviews and all kinds of stuff on the Marvel website, and they start doing, like, the CBR rounds. It was only, like, 18 issues, so it's only been, like, a year and a half. I feel like it's been an important year and a half. It was two pretty big arcs. And in that, she literally writes, as I'm sure you all know... But I looked online, and like every everyone was shocked. There was seen a single forum or Reddit or anywhere where people acknowledge that they were clearly under the impression we had known about it, and yet I don't think anyone knew about it. Like that feels really rude on
1: Marvel's part to just let that slip through the cracks. Yeah, Uh, it is. It is the one at the end of the issue too, where it opens with. As I'm sure you all know by now, this is my last issue of New Mutants. The
0: next arc is Charlie Jane Anders, and it was specifically t- like labeled as a guest writer, a guest arc. So I think we all assumed Vita would be back after Charlie's three issues, but that's apparently not the case.
1: It's interesting to see what's going to happen uh, going forward, because, yeah, I have no idea what happened. Who do you think might be writing, and who would you like to see write it? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, hmm. Honestly... I'm not sure for either one. I'd have to think about that. What about you? I'm not sure on know who is writing it. Um, I I would not
0: be surprised if it was a shuffling within the X office. Teeny Howard, I could see it being teeny because uh, she is still in the X office. Mm-hmm. I I think it would be really fun to have someone from DC maybe come over and give the new mutants a shake. Ooh. The New
1: Mutants are a really fun, young character team. I think I've come up with who I would like if we are just taking kind of anyone from anywhere. Hit me with uh, it. As as New Mutants is a team that is frequently, you know, of minority groups, uh, I would like to see N.K. Jemison, who she did Far Sector, for one thing. Yes. Oh my goodness. I, I think that... N.K. Jimison would knock New Mutants out of the park. I I don't think that there's
0: much likelihood of that, but no, I would love that. All. Oh, my well, goodness. In, like,
1: in a dream
0: scenario. <laughs> Absolutely. In a dream scenario, that would be fantastic.
1: Because I was just thinking about it, and I was like, with the work that uh, she did on Far Sector, which I love. Far Sector is like the first Green Lantern story that I would rank amongst like my favorite comic books.
0: Uh, that's, that's a fantastic poll right there. I would definitely be down for that. Yeah. So this is going to be a horrible segue because I'm going straight back to Sis White Men, <laughs> but uh, I like the way they write like young, know, especially, especially in Star Wars stuff right now. But back when they wrote more back on the Marvel side, Charles Sewell. I think Charles Ooh. Sewell should come rejoin the X office and write new mutants for a while. Honestly,
1: That's... absolutely. I I, I think that would be a great one, especially like with the surprise hit of eight billion genies. Like yeah, it'd be a good poll. Talking about surprise hits,
0: uh Donnie Cates clearly is not keeping up with his other books. What if we had Donnie Cates writing new mutants? That would be wild. I I think back to when Hickman wrote the them during like his x-men run he wrote a handful of new mutants issues i think a lot about like what donny cates could do with those types of stories the the uh dealing with the Shi'ar and just the space adventure
1: sides the new mutants and that would be a runaway i mean with with all the stuff that donny has been doing with thor and hulk with the banner of war stuff i mean uh, I mean, even after reading Vanish, I'm like, <laughs> Vanish was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Any more on New Mutants? I feel
0: bad that we segued away from the actual anniversary so quickly, but it really was kind of fluff. Like, it's really sweet, it really was. nice fluff, but it was fluff.
1: Yeah, there wasn't much progression of anything there. It was just, we love these characters. Here's why we love these characters. And that's great. Sometimes you need that. Speaking of fun
0: fluff, Exterminators 1, I Alright, we open with Dazzler in Praxis booty shorts, roller skating through blood, blowing bubblegum, and the reveal she's surrounded by vampires, before jumping back a few weeks to her angrily throwing out her boyfriend Alex for cheating on her. She hits up Jubilee and Boom Boom for a drunken night out, where they have a fun, raucous night until Alex and his crew show up and reveal they were vampires all along. They end up overpowered and kidnapped. Boom Boom wakes up on a raft surrounded by shark monsters, well, Jubilee is driving a monster truck in a crowd of Mad Max-style vehicles. Dazzler is in a creepy, monster-filled maze, but realizes her enemies are sensitive to light. Boom Boom realizes her swamp pond is full of methane and blows the ghoulies up and a hole to reach Jubilee. Together, they break down a wall and get to Dazzler. They realize they're in some sort of domed arena and are confronted by the hooded figures who are running things and their prized fighter, Wolverine. Uh, So, first off, when this was first advertised, I thought... I thought Laura Kinney was like in the group of girls that were out having their fun night. So I was, I was bummed until she showed up at the very end. Cause I'm a Laura Kinney, like super fan and I wanted more Laura Kinney content, but I think the fight's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. yeah. I I felt the same way though. I thought that Laura Kinney was supposed to be like a part of the crew. Um, but you know, it's, it's still going to be interesting to see where it goes because this was a blast.
0: This was so much fun. It was everything you want from, like, a pulpy, like... It was like a grindhouse movie in X-Men comics. It, it was totally so
1: was. Yeah. Blew me away like, in multiple, And not just those booty shorts at the beginning, which were great, but... <laughs> I, I, I love that it kind of just made good on its promise the whole way through, though, where it's just like, hey, this, this ain't for kids. <laughs> However, on that note...
0: It's really weird. It's an adults-only comic, and yet they still felt the need to censor every swear word. The writer. Leah, she didn't know it was going to be an AO title until she was Mm -hmm. writing the third issue. So like, it's supposed to really ramp up at that point because she she knew the the leash was off. But it seems weird they couldn't, in heading towards publication, if they wanted to uncensor the swear words. So it makes me think they're going to be censored all the way through. Might be. I am super into... This idea of fight like short minis that just mm-hmm. lump together
1: characters we've always wanted to see hang out. Like this is a great, great idea for a mini-series. Absolutely. I think this would be a great just kind of practice moving forward. Yeah. As soon as one in, start another following a different group. Yeah. Uh and you know
0: what? They didn't even need to go the grindhouse route. I would have just watched them going out drinking. Like, just
1: yeah. Give us a mini on the social lives of different characters, and I would be along for that ride too. I, I like, I like the stuff that investigates the lives of superheroes.
0: Me too. That said, I also really like. I, I'm going to make the booty shorts joke again. But <laughs> I actually, I think that's a really great like tone setter. That like you open that first page, and if you're not into that first page, you're not going to be into wherever this comic goes. It's like, the. The shorts, the skating through blood, like that sets up the tone more, like better than any first issue I can think
1: of sets the tone for what you're getting. No, absolutely. Uh, The, like all of them doing their thing, the the heart outfit get up. like I hope this,
0: this mini series gets legs and I've seen a lot of internet buzz for it. I don't know how much of that is just the circles I run in and how much this is actually permeating pop culture. So I
1: hope this, this series gets the legs it deserves i agree that's always the tough thing it's like is it popular because it's popular or is it popular because i am i'm really dialed in plugged into comics and x-men at that yeah i just i really had a blast with it i feel like that needs so- to really be said i had so much fun i was giggling and like smiling ear to ear because it was just a blast
0: we give this our stamp of approval <laughs> yes all right you ready to go around the marvel universe yes absolutely i cannot think of a better happy surprise i have gotten in comics this year than opening avengers 40 thinking all right i'm gonna bite the bullet i'm gonna read a jason aaron issue because (laughs) i have to read all of the judgment day tie-ins and it's a goddamn hark russell masterpiece yes how did no one tell me this existed i was i had no idea I was so excited. Uh, Russell has become one of my absolute favorite writers. He only puts out what feels like five or six like issues a year. He's doing the Superman space age right now. It's just blowing. The first issue just blew me away. He did the fantastic Flintstones a few years ago. Uh, He did the fantastic four life story. Just so much good. And star squadron was really good. This guy's just, everything he does is a home run. He writes, philosophical but funny and uh it was it was a hawkeye issue we got to watch hawkeye's uh judgment from the celestial and it was unlike any other we've seen uh the celestial straight up tells him who he is and the hawkeye first doesn't believe him he has to teleport him to saturn before he'll even buy into what's going on and his challenge to him because hawkeye's like you got to give me a bar to hit like i i I gotta know what i'm aiming for she's like all right you just have to prove to me you you have more value to the universe than that mailbox. And he points it like, and the way it plays out is so beautiful. Like it, it's amazing he can take this concept we've seen time and time again. Every tie-in to for the last month has been some character and how they deal with judgment. And yeah, it was such a unique story. I yeah. loved Avengers forty. If you skipped it because you figured oh it's just a Jason Aaron trying to tie into uh, AXD Judgment Day, no. This is
1: its own thing. It stands alone. It is worth your four bucks. Go buy Avengers 40. Absolutely. There's so much that I loved about it. Yeah, yes, absolutely. The judgment was cool. I find it interesting that it's more inconsistent celestial stuff because yeah. like the maybe I'm just like slow on the uptake, but I feel like with most of the times the progenitor has arrived for a judgment in someone else's form, the red eye has been prevalent the whole time. Yeah, or from the start. So I found that interesting, but I didn't mind it. I like the the way it went. I'm to the point where I think the only consistency is the inconsistency. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly. Like... <laughs> uh, but also, like one of my favorite comic runs of all time is, of course, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, and this kind of felt close to that characterization for Clint. It was definitely the closest we've been since Fraction left. Like yes. They swung hard the other way right after he left. They did the Jeff
0: Lemire run intentionally trying to be something very different. But yeah. since then, I feel like other people have tried to capture the Matt Fraction tone and have not hit it. And this still was a very Mark Russell story, but like, if you went straight from Fraction Aja to this, it is so much more believable than anything else we've seen. And uh, I don't know if you read the Thunderbolts issue that came out last month that started the new run. Very different Clint Barton take. I do not enjoy it. I enjoyed this a whole hell of a lot more. I would love if we got a Hawkeye ongoing from Mark Russell at
1: this point. I know he's not really doing ongoings, but if he wanted to do one, I would be fully on board. Yes, I would welcome it with open arms. Uh, Especially because, like, for a long time, thanks to Fraction and Aja's run, like Hawkeye was my favorite Marvel character. Yeah, and I. That that was like an era of hell for me. It's loving that Hawkeye and having to defend to people that like only know him through the MCU why I like his character so much. Even the Hawkeye television show, which was
0: heavily based on the Fraction Aja run, they still didn't get the characterization right, which was a real no. bummer. And but I can't to do that. Keep... Do that story with the wrong version of the character was so odd. No. Yeah. Uh further around the Marvel Universe, we also got Fantastic Four, which was labeled a Judgment Day tie-in and like technically took place during Judgment Day. Had nothing to do with Judgment Day. Uh it was a ruse, a shim sham, Malarkey. Absolutely. Uh, uh I mean it wasn't nice. I, as a non-enjoyer of the Dan Slot run, it was nice to see the first issue with him gone, so heavily focused on Sue Storm. But mm-hmm. there's nothing really to talk about here about that issue. It had nothing to do with the event really.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like having a Storm, uh centric issue was nice. Uh, the fact that it was cal- called a tie-in only because, what was it? Reed narrating in the background about the Celestial every once in a while. The reason Reed wasn't there to just instantly solve the problem is because Judge day was happening. <laughs> I, I think it's the fact that it could have been an issue that was convincing Doom to work with them. I feel like the fact that we came to that realization earlier just makes it
0: that much more frustrating. We didn't get that. Yeah. I agree. Every week we ask a question and solicit community answers either in the comments or have you email them to us at a Rocco public radio at gmail.com except for last week. It was a busy week. We're sorry. In light of exterminators, what is a small or impromptu team of similar powers, personalities, or both you'd love to see in a miniseries?
1: That's that's a good one. I'm going to spend, like, a good amount of time this week thinking on that one. You know what? We'll be able to have an extended conversation whether
0: we get fan answers or not <laughs> on our answers because next week is a light week. It's a really light week. We have X-Men 15, which is our first post-Judgment Day issue. I'm really interested in how we handle this. Yeah. yeah. This That's the opposite of the Legion of X problem. <laughs> Why would you put out more Legion of X issues and hold this back a while? Uh, we have Axe Avengers number one, which as I said earlier, is written by Gillen and is directly the fallout of Steve Rogers showing up. So it should be a great issue. We have Amazing Spider-Man number 10, which is a Judgment Day tie-in. So you're stuck reading it. Sure. And uh, <laughs> we'll probably be relegated to around the Marvel Universe just because... There hasn't been much
1: to say on the other two issues, but we have Gambit. Okay. That works too. Now, I do I do want to revisit our fan question from two weeks ago, which was uh, a fan cast, right? Any one fan cast. Okay. I've been holding on to this one because I like it so much. Hit me with this, it. This might be a popular fan cast. I personally haven't seen it everywhere. I want Mr. Sinister as played by Matthew Barry. Okay. I am having to picture it, and I enjoy it. I just all all the like you know what we do in the shadow stuff that you see. Like I just you, you give him the vampire cloak has, and all that. Has Taika not
0: included him as like a voice or anything in his movies? I haven't. I can't remember.
1: But uh, I mean, I mean, he could always do a Patton Oswalt and be multiple yeah. characters, but. But yeah, I he would be my fan cast that. him as mr exactly. sinister i think it would be fun just like especially all the goofy stuff that sinister says he he would be really good at it that's, <laughs> that's a good one i had to, i had to bring it up <laughs> i'm glad you did because now i'm gonna
0: be picturing that in my head all right do we have anything else we want to talk about i, I think that's it all right I think that does it for us this week. Thank you for hanging out, chatting all things mutant with us. If you haven't hit subscribe, please do so. Follow us on all of the socials. I'm that nerdy papa bear on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Keegan is bulk ranger on Twitter and TikTok. And we have a channel on TikTok that does just post all our highlights just at Arocco Public Radio. And we will see you next week. Yes, next time. <laughs>